0: Is a god of the game. It's almost September, people. That means, yes, Ganesh Chaturthi. Oh, sorry, Champions League, guys. Is Messi the answer for PSG to beat City? Is it going to be M&M at PSG or BBM at Real Madrid? Is Liverpool-Chelsea going to be one of those overhyped, boring games? And does anyone think Arsenal has any chance against City? After winning a memorable test at Lords, we were led down by some irresponsible batting by two of our batting mainstays, Shami and Bumrah, And we have a medal alert in the Paralympics. Let's go. Absolutely. World class. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 27 of Sports Charcha. And to discuss all the sporting actions that happened during last week and this week, let's welcome Ishan to the stage.
1: Hi guys. I hope you guys like me and Bala are feeling a little nauseous with what's happening on Twitter. We are excited to talk about it. I don't know. The news might change post we talking about it. That's how it is right now.
0: Yeah, man, Ishan is talking about the transfer saga, the ongoing transfer saga. Today is 27th of August, Friday, 8 PM. Indian time obviously so that means there's still about three to three and a half actually four to four and a half days left for the transfer to complete but the news that's been occupying every single twitter channel every single news channel was Ronaldo's move either of the Manchester clubs like we don't know in fact till today afternoon it was all Manchester City but suddenly in the last two hours we are getting reports through Twitter and through semi-reliable sources that United could swoop in but let us all go to the beginning point like where it all started how it all started let's start with the transfer request placed by Real Madrid on Kylian Mbappe, which I believe at some level triggered this Ronaldo move also.
1: I I I tend to agree with you. I think what Real Madrid actually did was I think show Europe and most of the footballing world that they still exist. Uh they could have easily gone for Kylian Mbappe next year, next season, actually in four months when they could have signed a pre-agreement where Mbappé could have gone for freeze. Because Mbappé want, wants to go to Real Madrid. There wouldn't have been a challenge. But Real Madrid wanted to show the strength that, you know, we will get somebody when we want somebody. And we want him now. And I think it's, it's, I don't know, I tend to not agree with that tactic because why spend 180 million on a player when you can get him for free? But everyone has their own battles to win, I guess. And you're right, this probably triggered like a lot of, you know backlash a lot of trickle down effects in other clubs other the big clubs in europe especially when you look at you know psg city uh and yeah this might have triggered it ronaldo said okay i'm not getting enough attention chalo main bhi kuch karta hai messi ja messi ho gaya, ramos ho gaya abhi mereko koi bhav nahi de rahe mera like italian league is not even being broadcasted to most of the world lets me you know come back into the news and that's how i guess it happened
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, see, to give you guys a quick update, uh, Mbappe, so Real Madrid actually initially placed a bit of about 140 odd million. Which PSG immediately rejected. Their sporting director came out and made like this emotional statement that Mbappé we are not letting him go, blah blah blah. And then Real Madrid came back and said, like, TK, okay, <laughs> 180 million. Now tell me. Now it seems that PSG are actually ready to listen, they're actually ready to negotiate. So there is the possibility of this happening has actually increased. So, that means we may never get to see Messi, Neymar and Mbappe play together. Well, at least not together in a PSG shirt. Now, is that it? Like, I mean, Mbappe, will he start against Celta Vigo if this goes through, like post-international break or another one or two more weeks?
1: See, I think if this transfer goes through, it's all set up for the big reveal debut of the new Santiago Bernabeu. And how they want to open that stadium to the fans with a Galactico after many years. And that could be, that is Kylian Mbappe. That that I think is how Perez thinks. And as you said, that game is against Celta Vigo. That could happen. It's a very likely possibility. But, you know, I don't know, man. Like, if I was in Mbappe's place, I would have stuck around for one season. But then again, I think Madrid, if you look at it very... Like in a different angle, Madrid might have been a little insecure. That what if he started liking playing for PSG with Messi? What if he suddenly renews his contract just because they won the Champions League or had a gala of a time? So I think that was I think I think that's another angle to I think look at.
0: I cannot agree more with you on that angle. Actually, at some level, even I believe that this is Real's uh, like clear intention to communicate to Mbappe that like we want you. Like, we are doing everything we want we can to get you as soon as possible. So, that means next season, for example, for hypothetical reason let's assume that Mbappe is going to stay with PSG this season. That by the end of next season or during this season, he won't get into a new contract with PSG. So, if not this season, they have put their marker down, and so that means Mbappe will move to. Real Madrid. Either this season or next season, but that's happening for sure. Now, moving on to Ronaldo's move to one of these Manchester clubs. We started off with that, but then we had to talk about Mbappe. Now, Ronaldo's move to Manchester initially was supposed to be City. Now, looks like it could be United. Now, do you think that United triggered this only because they just like it's it's a PR disaster, or does it include does it have any sporting uh, merit to this?
1: You know, I'll be very honest. I'm feel I feel a little sad for Ronaldo. Uh, you know, he is one of the goats, and he's put himself in a very sticky situation where, you know, not too many people want him right now. As yes, the pandemic, not too many clubs want him. But when you look at it from United squad, do they actually need him? Yes and no. Uh, yes, because if you look at what happened last year, the fans are not. You know, their biggest fans right now. In a way, they are not actually fans because of the revolt, etc. But getting a marquee guy, a legend, uh, to remind the fans of the good old days of United. Nobody else other than Cristiano Ronaldo. You will gonna, you're gonna replace. Meaning Messi is gonna lose out. Like the record's gonna be broken for jersey sales if Ronaldo comes to United. So there's a lot of that aspect as well. And I was talking to a friend today, it was pretty interesting, right? Like you look you look at all the other back things that go on in the background, PES and FIFA, those, you know, console games, right? Juventus have a exclusive contract with PES, which means that on FIFA, they're not even a club. Ronaldo has always been a FIFA guy. He gets a lot of money from EA Sports. Now, coming back into an exclusive FIFA club like a Manchester United, it makes a lot of sense in terms of money. Uh, so, those are aspects also I think we it could be interesting angles to look at. But, you know, he's going to bang in goals, right? You know, he's going to get you 20-30 goals. But it's all about Ronaldo. It's not like a Messi where it's all about the team. It's all about Ronaldo. I can't picture Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Sol- 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 having the balls to substitute him in the middle of a game <laughs> when he's two goals up and going to score a hat-trick but then said, no, you need some rest. I don't think that's
0: happening. <laughs> Yeah, this transfer season has been crazy, we have been telling you about this for the last 3-4 months, but finally it's happening. There are too many transfers, there are a lot of small small transfers going on. Now what we'll do is, we'll stop talking about transfers right now, but during the next Thursday episode, we'll do like a one mega transfer roundup. try to talk how well the teams have done in terms of transfers or selling players and buying players, because next week is anyways an international week, so we won't have midweek games. So Champions League draws happened yesterday. Yes, usually it happens on a Friday. This time it happened on a Thursday because this time we have three competitions, not two. There is a Conference League also that has stepped in. Now the Champions League draws were interesting. We were watching it on uh, 10, Sony Ten. I was watching it on Sony Ten. Actually, I didn't even know it was happening until I saw your WhatsApp message on the group. Now talking about the groups, some pretty interesting groups, are huh? like I mean. I couldn't see a group where one and two is so far apart. Which group you could say like one and two is so far apart? Maybe Sporting Club and Borussia Dortmund. That group I might say. But every other group has been pretty intense and pretty close. Which one you think that is more exciting?
1: See, obviously we let's talk about first. Start off talking about the two potential group of deaths, right? Group B and Group A. Group B especially, uh, and you know, Atletico Madrid. Liverpool, that's a revenge. Liverpool have always, you know, found it very difficult to beat Atletico. In fact, they haven't in the last couple of years. Uh, you add Porto to that. You add, uh, you add AC Milan, and it's. An, I, I saw Gabriel Marcotti make a very interesting point. Everyone is excited about Group A, but Group A has zero Champions League titles.
0: Wow, very interesting. When you look at Group B, it's
1: stacked. Yes, Atletico is not a champion league winner, but they've been in the finals twice in the last you know decade or so. But look at Liverpool, look at Porto, look at AC Milan. Those are a lot of champion league titles in those groups. So I'm very excited for both these groups. But I think there are other groups which are very interesting as well. If you even look at the group with Lille, Sevilla, Wolfsburg, uh, you know, those are really exciting Teams and Salzburg as well in that group as well. So the attacking teams gonna be. It's gonna be very exciting to watch those teams play. Madrid was a bit of a bummer. Meaning, I don't know how To You know, I think Bala, you were saying yesterday, <laughs> it's so confusing how they make draws now, and they with all those permutation combinations, they still managed to get the exact same group of last year <laughs> minus Borussia Monchengladbach, uh,
0: who actually tweeted saying, uh, "Miss us." <laughs> Yeah, and, and what a story for and what a story for this FC FC Sheriff Tiraspol, the first ever Moldovan club, and in their first ever Champions League season, they are going to go and play against the biggest Champions League club ever, Real Madrid. I mean that would be a moment for all those players, the coaches and the staff. I mean that will be an incredible, incredible feeling.
1: And it'll be a very incredible moment when Madrid lose to them because I think that's gonna happen as <laughs> well. <also. laughs> But what other, oh, groups, great. what other group interests you? What about the Barcelona group? What about the Chelsea group?
0: Well, Barcelona group is interesting. Bayern, Barca, Benfica and Dinamo Kiev. Like, agreed that Bayern are not as strong as the Bayern we saw two years back under Hansi Flick. But hopefully... Barca play better. I mean, it, I don't think Barca will win the the contest between Bayern and Bar, uh, Bayern and Barcelona, but then at least <laughs> there won't be an 8-2 hopefully. The other ones I would be think that is interesting is Chelsea, Uwe, Zenit and Malmo. That's again, it's not interesting in terms of the four teams. It's interesting in terms of Chelsea and Juventus. Juventus under Allegri without Ronaldo could be a different team altogether. Whereas Tuchel under uh, Chelsea under Tuchel has been been like really really good with Lukaku win that could be a very interesting matchup like we will again see Lukaku versus Kehlini and Bonucci so we have one more chance to to live through that Uh, Manchester United got a much easier group actually let me actually that's that's very disrespectful to Atlanta and Villarreal they've got a good group but this is a group United should win if they don't win this group then then there should be serious questions asked to Oli.
1: Yeah, and but and but you know if you look at history, United have known to screw such situations up. Uh, they've not made life easy for them. If you remember a couple of years ago when they almost they blew it against Beshitas when they had to, you know, it was an easy game for them and Dembaba was 30 years, 40 years old, scored against them through on goal. So anything can happen. Uh, but yeah. If you ask United, would you like to take this group, I think they would have, you know, without batting an eyelid said, I'm good with this group.
0: So, yeah. Actually, it's not Besiktas. It was Istanbul Basak Shaheer. All right. So, Champions League draws are over. The games are starting on 14 September. So, that's in two, two and a half weeks time. We'll start watching Champions League, guys. So, it's back. Moving on to the second European format, Europa League. Their draws happened Today, today evening, now there's a slight change in Europa League. So I'll just give you a slight hint of what's happening. So Europa League usually have 12 groups with four teams each. So that's 48 teams play in Europa League and two teams from each group qualify to the next stage. That's 24 teams. And then what happens from Champions League group stages, all the third place team will join these 24 teams. So, they become a 32-team competition and then they have round of 32, round of 16, round of 8, so on and so forth. So, that's how it was happening before now. Because of this Conference League, they have made a slight change. Now, Europa League now has only 8 groups, whereas the winner of each groups will guarantee go to round of 16. They won't have to play that extra game, which they used to in the earlier years. But the second-place team will play against the Europe Champions League third-place team. So that will be a knockoff. I have no idea what it is. That is really confusing. <laughs> okay, very simple. Champions League third place teams in the group will play Europa League second place teams in the group as a knockoff round before the round of 16. <laughs> Anyways, like you will get, Got it will it. it, all be very you clear. Could have said that in English. Sorry? You could have said that in English. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, all this will be very clear when you start watching it. Okay, now getting, getting on to the groups. Like we all know Leicester City is there in it. They are up against Napoli, Spartak, Ma- Moscow. And then there is a Polish team, Legia, Warzova. But yeah, Napoli, Leicester City, great contest. Rangers have Olympic, Lyonnais. And then we have, what are the English teams are there in this? Oh, West Ham. West Ham has Dynamo, Zagreb. They have Genk, they have Rapid VN. So there is no big team as I can see. Napoli is, looks like the obvious uh, favorites, and there is Monaco and other teams. So we will cover Europa League as it happens. We'll talk about some good games, some great games, and we'll move on from there. Uh, the new league that has started, which is the Europa Conference League. their draws are also happened. They also have eight teams. I swear, I have no idea about many of these teams. But some of the big teams, Tottenham are there. Uh, they have a Rennes, a French club. And then they have a Dutch club. And then they have a Slovenian club. Uh, Roma, uh, Mourinho's Roma. Mourinho trying to be the first ever manager to win all three European trophies. So, they have like failed... I won't put it again, Mourinho to win it, huh, by oh, the way. definitely. Uh, just another
1: record Mourinho will have under his belt.
0: Will I'm pretty sure he would have talked about this right from the day one he entered Roma to his players that we are winning Conference League. We are winning Conference League. So, definitely he's going to go for it. So, it'll be a great contest. I mean, hopefully it'll be a great contest because you have a lot of smaller teams playing. So, hopefully there'll be more fun, more goals and more action. Guys, enough of European action. So, let's talk about the games from all the five leagues that's going to happen this weekend. So, starting off with English Premier League, the week starts with, well, we can say a big game, but we all know, have an idea what the result is going to be. Manchester City versus Arsenal. Uh, do you think the victory against West Brom 6-0 has made things better for Arteta?
1: No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, put it very
1: simply, uh, I'm very scared for them. Uh, because you know man city were very i think pretty disappointed with their first game and they showed sure took it out in their second game and Arsenal just because of how they how they defend it's a big worry for me because you know city i'm I meaning it's i think it's gonna be easier if Arsenal just forfeit the game it's a default three nil I think that's a better score line than what might actually happen,
0: yeah, that is a scary game, but I still believe like if the result is anything less than a 2-0 or a 2-1 or something like that Arteta will be given a chance but if it's anywhere over like 3-0, 4-0 final then as I said see I'm again guys we are not saying that we want Arteta to be fired in fact I honestly believe that he at this point of time is the right choice he's going to take time but the board needs to stick with him but we have seen how Arsenal board have taken decision over the last 3-4 years so based on that we assume that any big loss here... And let's say if he is not able to win one or two games after this... It could be curtains for Arteta. Great. Now, talking about the next biggest game of this weekend... Or probably, I would say when it comes to the title race... This is an early ripper. This is happening Saturday night, 10pm... Liverpool versus Chelsea. I mean, we knew that these two are very good teams... But based on the way they played their first two games... Like this is a real contest. This is a this is a big contest. I agree. And
1: meaning I I feel it's gonna be quite a dull game though, just because it's big. You know. What do you think about that? Like I mean, normally, you know, these big games, we everyone, you know, there've been build ups, etc., and they somehow turn out to be anti-climaxes. I, I think this is gonna be one of those because they're gonna be playing safe. Uh do you have any other thoughts on that?
0: I, I actually concur with you. Like I was expecting like it could be a 1-1 or a 1-0 or a 2-1. Like the, the, the craziest it can go is 2-1. I don't see more than… I don't see either of the teams conceding more than two goals. I mean two is like a, like a lesser possibility. <laughs> no, no, really. It could be a tight game. Now see, Liverpool with Van Dijk back have looked solid in defence. But like yeah, Norwich, not a great test. Burnley with Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, okay. A decent test. I mean, they're still physical players. And Van Dijk and Matip were able to handle them pretty easily. But Lukaku is going to be a whole new challenge. So, this is like the acid test for Liverpool's defence. If they can manage to contain Lukaku, that would be a great encouragement for Liverpool. But I believe both the teams, as you said could settle for an early draw because nobody wants to get into the international break with a loss. So, that will be back in everyone's mind. So, I'm guessing... I'm expecting a draw. Either a nil-nil or a 1-1 draw. Now, any other games? Nothing big. Tottenham, Watford, not a big game. Wolves, Manchester United. I'm still going with United to beat Wolves. Other than that, no other but, big games. Yeah, now, I won't discount that game, Bala. No, that's, uh, you know,
1: Wolves have always proven to be a little tricky for United. Uh, I wouldn't put it past uh, Wolves to cause an upset as well. So, that might be a one to watch. Great.
0: Now, moving on to La Liga. This weekend, Real Betis is playing uh, Real Madrid. Now, Betis has been a bit of a thorn in Madrid's foot for a while now. So, this could be an interesting game to watch out for. Hey, is Pellegrini still the manager of Betis? Uh, I'm not sure. I think so, yes. Oh, great. So, yeah, as I said, Betis is an interesting game. Betis is an interesting team, actually. They have been like that for a while. Atletico Madrid are playing Villarreal. Now, this could be an interesting game. Unai Emery versus Diego Simeone. Both are very tactical, very physical, very defensive. So, this could be a very, very interesting game. Other than that, Barcelona are playing Hetafe at home. Hetafe drew both their uh, first two games. So, Barcelona, after a draw against Athletic Club, will be looking for a win. Other than that, not many important games are going on. Moving on to Serie A's games. This is their week 2. So, not many big games are going on right now, like Inter Milan are playing against Helles Verona. I mean, that's happening tonight, like 12.15 a.m. So, so, that's the second game of this weekend. Fiorentina is playing uh, Torino. Genoa playing Napoli. Juventus, for the first time in three years, will be playing uh, without Cristiano Ronaldo. Or first time in four years, maybe I got wrong. Anyways, first time they'll be playing against, uh, without Cristiano Ronaldo. So... That is that with Serie a. On in Bundesliga, we have a game tonight. That is Dortmund versus Hoffenheim. So this could be a tricky game. Hoffenheim, as I as we have discussed before, they are like this corporate team. Uh, but they are one of these teams who, in their day, can can cause a lot of problems. And Dortmund must need a win. A loss or a draw will create a lot of problems for them. Any other interesting games you see on Bundesliga Aishan? Wolfsburg versus Leipzig. What do you think? That's a good game because Wolfsburg have really... Out, you know, if you look at Wolfsburg in the last
1: couple of seasons, you know, not including the last... They they were very close to getting relocated uh, as well at least three seasons ago. And they have really had a in, tremendous resurgence. And they're a great... Very German team, actually. If you look at it, if you look at the top German teams right now, they're very non-German attacking flowing teams. But Wolfsburg actually have taken it back a little. They're very solid in defence, very strong defensive midfield, and they keep it very simple. So it's going to be a very interesting game because it's almost a battle of different, you know, ideologies in football, which is always fun to watch. Uh, I just want to mention a couple of points, uh, like one point about Dortmund, why this game is very important for them because, you know, uh, they've got a very young squad, but this is that time where, you know, you know they have to show Germany that they are a challenger to Bayern Munich because it's getting a little ridiculous, you know, the imbalance in the Bundesliga. Every single league has now had a different champion other than the Bundesliga. So, I think Dortmund really have that kind of pressure as well to, you know, get rid of.
0: Yeah, so that's a great game. So, look forward to that. Bayern versus Hertha. And that's about it for Bundesliga. Now, this could be the big week in France guys. This could be it. This could be the week where we could see Messi for the first time in PSG's colours. Uh, some of the reports I read said that Messi could start as a substitute and might come during the second half against Rems. Now, this is not happening in Park de France, this is not happening in PSG's home. But other than that, there is uh, Marseille. After their e- eventful game last week against <laughs> Nice, uh, they are playing Saint Etienne. Saint Etienne has been this one of this traditional club who always do um, sixth or seventh or fourth or fifth kind of club. So that could be an interesting game. Any other interesting game you see in uh, in league? 1 I don't care about any other game. I'm just excited
1: <laughs> to potentially see uh, Messi uh Play and he might actually have to start if Mbappe is on his on a taken a flight to Madrid. So because Icardi is injured, they don't have uh forwards left. So you might actually see Messi start as a false nine. Pochettino likes that formation. We all know that. So you know, we I mean I'm really excited because that's that's something
0: Messi in a non Basa jersey playing. Hello, I would love it. <laughs> great now guys like uh what i saw today morning was league A could also come to india through woot now woot like suddenly has taken over syria has taken over la liga has taken over league A. i don't know like i saw news that uh like ambani wants to get into sports broadcasting so maybe this is their first step great so Look forward to that, guys. I mean, the news is not confirmed yet, but we'll get a confirmed news on when and where it's going to get telecasted. What
1: definitely is certain is that Gerard Piquet is making a lot of money uh, because he bought <laughs> the rights to broadcast uh, Liga in Spain. So he's making the right business moves and heading in the right direction for presidency.
0: Well. India had a horrible day I mean talking about the Indian test cricket team had a horrible, horrible day yesterday the beginning of the third test against England after an exciting and a brilliant victory against them at Lords, India came into this test match with lots of positives, English team going through all those controversies we win the toss finally Kohli win the toss for the first time in I don't know how many days but Get out for seventy-eight in forty overs. See, this has to be poor batting. See, props to Anderson, props to Robinson, Overton, but this is this is substandard batting.
1: But I, you know, it almost like it's like a reverse series of what happened in Australia where india in the first test match <laughs> collapsed and then did those amazing comebacks it's almost ulta right now because india had like literally one of the most unforgettable games in the first in the last test and to do this and when you look at i saw the wickets you know obviously james anderson at the age of 40 still doing what he does the wickets the way indian bat the batter batters got out was disappointing like the one that really stood out for me was rohit sharma who probably if you want to get him out just keep bowling him a short ball he'll get out guaranteed he tried pulling a pulling the ball and the ball didn't like almost landed in front of the main umpire which was a little embarrassing but what do you think has happened to our main man what our captain what has happened to virat kohli oh
0: man like right now as it stands india are playing the second innings 46 overs hard and 12 for 1 that's why I am a little calm right now. <laughs> if that was bad, this would have been like a 2-3 minute continuous rant. But either way, Kohli has been extremely disappointing. That the last century he scored was against Bangladesh, I think back in some November 2019 or something. I think it was, it was the pink ball test. I think that was the last time he scored a century. I mean, I agree, like Virat Kohli has set himself some some ridiculous standards but this is way, way, way poor. I mean he should take a hard look at himself and and someone need to ask, start asking that question that like what does he do to deserve a starting place in this test level? I mean he is not contributing anything with the bat okay he makes some smart captaincy choices but I believe Ajinkya Rahane is a better on-field captain and I also believe Rohit Sharma has a better tactical nose than Virat Kohli but it's 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 just a it's it's just very unfortunate that I thought like our Indian cricket has moved on from those star culture that the treating cricket has kind of got, but we haven't i mean still Kohli, no one wants to talk about it not i mean it's not just us i mean back in the studio also i i don't think i don't i don't see gavaskar or Harsha or anyone posing strong questions against him so Something needs to be done. His confidence is
1: very... This way. They can't do that because they're signed by the BCCI. <laughs> and they can't make those statements. If Harsha Bogle was out of commentary for a couple of years because he made some similar statements. so But I think you're completely right and I agree with you. Like, you know, imagine if Rohit Sharma was the captain and he had really bad, like a really poor run of form. Uh, would the same uh, same credit in terms of time and patience be afforded to say uh, Rohit Sharma or even Ajinkya Rane? Uh, Kohli is just, I think, Kohli now resembles more of an attitude of Team India than actually his uh, performance on the field. Uh, I don't see Ajinkya Rane as a captain being leading a team of aggressive India. You know, in your face, India, similar and same goes to Rohit Sharma. I think the attitude has now connected and has almost become like a label for Team India and the results are obviously working for us. So I think that has made a lot of decisions go in favour of Kohli. But for how long, I don't know. You know, you know, we've had, we have such a great bench in terms of batting, waiting to, you know, be given an opportunity Uh he has to buck up like it's it's there is going to come a time where you know questions will be pointed at him you know even dhoni at the fag end of his career was asked questions so there will come a time and i just hope that's not you know too soon because kohli is kohli man like kohli is the great the the best batsman when in form and i think you're the i think you made a very valid point we are not he's the standard he set himself is so high because I think he had the longest purple patch in the history of cricket. Yeah. And for that to go downhill so fast, I think a lot of people, including both of us, are just not used to it.
0: Yeah, hopefully we turn this around. I mean, right now, as it stands, it's looking better. I mean, we still have to overcome 238 runs deficit to at least make England bat again. And we're talking about day three, session three. So there's still two full days and a few overs left. Hopefully, hopefully, we get out of this alive. Paralympics 2020, we have a medal alert, guys. Bhavina Patel or Bhavina Patel, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Sorry if I'm doing it horribly wrong, has qualified to play in the women's table tennis category semi-finals so that's a medal assured so by the time you are listening to this hopefully she has either won the medal or at least has reached the finals so all the best Bavina. go for gold in other events in powerlifting Jaydeep and uh, Tekchand in men's short put both were unable to turn their very good performances into medals but we still have more athletes competing for medals and all the best to every one of of you especially to you Bhavina all right guys that's about it for this week's episode now when we come back on Monday we'll discuss about the weekend games we'll discuss about what's going to happen in F1 the Belgian Grand Prix is starting so we'll discuss that and we'll give you more Paralympics updates as it comes so until then it is bye from Bala and bye from Ishan guys Ronaldo to United come on Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please, like we are literally begging, to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate Sports Chacha. A big shout out to The Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow The Jam Room on Facebook at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye.